Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. I want to share one more message with us before we go. The prophetic destiny of the church. The prophetic destiny of the church. When you are doing something and you don't know where it is leading to, there's a sense and a way that you don't do it. But if you know where things are headed to, you do it with a different mind, a different effort, a different purpose. Hallelujah. When we say the prophetic destiny of the church, you will see that in the Bible, so many different metaphors or analogies are made. Jesus used to teach with parables. And therefore, in order for us to understand what God is doing, he would often use something from the earth to give us a picture of what he's doing. Hallelujah. Because if you hear prophetic destiny, it, it seems far out in the air. Hallelujah. And so, language and vocabulary becomes important. When two people are speaking, but you don't speak the same language, you don't use the same words, it's very difficult to flow. Hallelujah. In fact, you may get angry because somebody, you know, it is said that at the um, Tower of Babel, when the Lord decided to mix up their languages, you know the account, how they were trying to build this tower that reaches to heaven. And the Bible said, the Lord said, let's go down and what? Confound their language. And before that, they all used to speak one language. But then there came a time that God decided to come and confound their language. And, and the confounding means that he's going to mix it up so that they cannot understand each other. And so they are building and they say, okay, go and bring a brick. And then one person says, go and bring a brick. The other person hears, it means that your mouth like a brick. And so, and, so, and so they begin to fight because they are not on the same page with the meaning of words. Hallelujah. Go and bring a steel. Then he said, he said you, you are telling me that I peed on my bed last night. Because in that language that he is hearing, go and bring a steel means I peed on my bed. Pilolo. <laughs> Do you get it? So, so when we, in order for us to communicate properly, we need to come to the same terms of the meaning of things. Hallelujah. And, and we, when you are not on that same page, like, I, like one time, I don't know what I told you before. I went to buy, a, I don't know what I went to buy. It was a corner store in Texas. I went to buy something. Let's say toothpaste or something. And the person at the, at the counter asked me, do you like bananas? And being a black person in a predominantly white neighborhood, all my antennas came on that this person probably thinks I'm a black monkey. So I like bananas. Amen. But for all you know, she just wanted to make conversation. Amen. I don't know, but I reacted. 
I didn't react uh, uh, physically or openly, but I was, I was, I was bored. I was pissed. That I'm buying a, a gum or what do you call it? Toothpaste. Why are you asking me to do you like bananas? But maybe she didn't mean anything bad. But my own preconceived ideas in my head made me react a certain way. Hallelujah. And I was also new in this country. I didn't know why somebody would ask me to do you like bananas. Hallelujah. We were, we were not on the same page. Hallelujah. And then, and then I, was in a, I was in a class. I was in a class. Same, same uh, state. State of Texas. <laughs> I was in a class and the, and the new professor that started, when they came, you know how at the beginning of the semester, they want to get to know everybody. Do you get it? So everybody goes around, introduce yourself, and you say something unique about you. But this one, he didn't, didn't ask what is unique about you. He, he, he asked, what is your favorite donut? Amen. Well, I was new in this country. I didn't know the different types of donuts that exist. <laughs> Are you listening to me? You see, we were not on the same page. What he was saying, so everybody was going around. I mean, I, those Americans, tell us, what are different types of donuts? Tell me. Say it again. Jelly? Honey dip? That's another American. Lace. Not lazy. Glaze. Okay. You see, you realize that I still don't know. Yeah. Sprinkled. Powdered. You see, buffroat is what I knew. What I knew was what? Buffroat. But they don't have it here. If you go, if you go to a place, you say, I want to buy buffroat. They, they say, what is that? What's that? What's that? So what's your favorite donut? Who can guess the answer that I gave? No, 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 no. I didn't even know buffroat and donut were in the same family. Okay? What, who can guess what answer I gave? What's your favorite donut? If you say you don't know, it seems like a little bit. I don't like donuts. Put your hands together for Pastor Gilbert. <laughs> because I don't know the categories of donuts enough to choose one. So I said, I don't, I don't like donuts. Yeah. See, it was years later that I was processing all this about the banana bit and about the donut bit. Because it's about language and what it means. Amen. Then I went to, I joined a Bible study group on campus. Okay. I was a member of a Bible study group. And one day, one brother, brother David said, oh, we are going to go around the room and everybody is going to tell us, if you were a fruit, what fruit would you be? Okay. Somebody said, I want to be a watermelon. Somebody said, what, mango? Somebody said, orange? I was looking at the whole thing as a me, a human being. I'm not a fruit. What are you talking about? You see, you may say I was, what do they call, I, 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 I'm a small spot. Or I, I don't know how to, uh, I don't know how to flow. I don't know how to play along. I, I, I maybe I'm a bit too serious. <laughs> so what about fruit? I said, I don't want to be a fruit. Put your hands together. Oh! Say, oh! Just a little, a little uh, conversation to lighten up. They call it icebreaker. By the time the thing was over, instead of the ice breaking, the more ice had been heaped up. Because what about fruit? He said, I, I don't want to be a fruit. Oh. Today, when I remember, it's, I'm very ashamed. It's like I spot the whole atmosphere. Amen. And so you see, the Bible uses the Bible uses certain words to describe our destiny. Hallelujah. The, the Bible uses, and, and you need to understand what those words mean so that you know where you are headed. And there are two. There are, uh, not two, there's a lot, but, but, but I just want to start with two, okay? The Bible uses the analogy of a woman, okay? 
to describe believers or or to describe human beings male or female okay how many know of charles dickens he wrote the book one of the books he wrote was a tale of what two cities a tale of two cities okay now i want to submit to you and we are going to we just not be able to finish this we, we are going to continue tomorrow but i just want to submit to you that the whole bible and the whole human experience and god's interaction with man can be summarized as a tale of two cities there are two cities that everybody is going to belong to hallelujah in this country when they say your hometown is is is, is where you are born the city you are born is your hometown is that not so but where i come from is not necessarily the city where you are born where your ancestors came from is where that's where where you are from hallelujah but everybody is going to belong to one of two cities and you have to make a choice which city you will belong to hallelujah it's a tale of two cities your prophetic destiny is to be part of the new jerusalem hallelujah say new jerusalem i am going to be part of the new jerusalem there is an earthly Jerusalem which is in Israel today. And if you look at what is happening in the Middle East, you see that Jerusalem, there is war around Jerusalem over and over again. Amen. Amen. As a matter of fact, it was in 1967 that Jerusalem was, uh, was rejoined because after the British left, you know, after the First World War, I mean, after the First World War, the, the, the whole area came under the under the what do you call it the the, the uh, supervision of the british and the, the, they were supposed to have given independence to the jewish people but, but they didn't and the place became like a no man's land different people were operating there but all these things are prophetic because jesus made a statement in luke chapter 21 that jerusalem shall be trodden down underfoot by the gentiles until what the time the fullness of the gentiles be coming so you see that the earthly jerusalem has a prophetic significance because it is also called the city of the great king hallelujah but you see just as you have an earthly jerusalem there is also a heavenly jerusalem there is a heavenly jerusalem to which all of us if you are a christian if you are a believer in the lord jesus christ in the end i say it's a tale of two cities your prophetic destiny is to belong to the new jerusalem hallelujah now the other city which is not your prophetic destiny is the city of babylon amen Amen. every human being on the planet you either belong to what the new jerusalem or you belong to what the city of babylon how do you how do you choose it's not based on where you were born it's not based on where your ancestors came from it's based on a certain step that you take in regards to the commandment of god and in regards to jesus christ hallelujah every person who has received christ and has embraced jesus christ there is a direction we are going the prophetic destiny of the church is that we all end up in the new jerusalem but the rest of the world which have rejected christ hallelujah they are going to end up actually not the end up they are already in the city of babylon hallelujah now this may seem very vague and but i'm trying to paint a picture to you the bible is using these symbols so that you will know where you are hallelujah now i would also submit to you that another thing that the bible uses to describe our destiny i said that one is what we belong to a certain woman or we belong to what a certain city 
so it is also it's not only a tale of two cities the bible and god's dealings with us is also a tale of what two women amen you are either belonging to the whore or the harlot or the prostitute or you belong to what the bride of christ there's two women we all belong to either the bride of christ a bride is a woman amen in normal times in normal times a bride is a woman god created it was Ken hagan who said god created adam and eve not adam and steve amen so the bride of christ is a woman and every human being all of us you are either going to belong to the body of people called the bride of christ that is one woman or the other one is going to be the prostitute described in revelation hallelujah now the history of how god deals with that is what i'm saying is that it's like a line of demarcation is drawing a line god is going to finally draw a line in the sand and say, okay all those who want to belong to the city of god the new jerusalem by the way is also called the city of god all those who want to belong to the city of god come here you see how this carpet there's a difference in the color i don't know which one is new jerusalem okay these people are not going to be happy if you tell them if you tell them this is new jerusalem then you are trying to tell them this is uh, babylon who wants to belong to babylon babylon is outside okay amen or they didn't come to church today are you listening to me god is drawing a line in the sand because you see after adam and eve fell now god began to deal with man god is very generous even after the fall even after the fall the bible said he kept himself he did not keep himself without witness hallelujah god still made the way for man to commune with him and so you have people like enoch even after the fall they were able to relate to god so you see it is easier to make it in god than not make it in fact if you don't make it in god it's like it is so hard you have to make it it is like a teacher is going to do an exams and has given you questions ahead of time wendy you have all the questions ahead of time and you also have all the answers amen, amen. are you there if you might you have to fight hard to fail such an exams you have to really fight hard to fail and so god made it possible that every human being that comes to it, all you need to do is that you have a choice as to where you will belong you don't you are not stuck you are not there are some people who feel that you are, you are not stuck anywhere by your one little decision you can carry yourself from one place to another the bible says anyone who is born again you have been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of god's dear son the kingdom of darkness is the city of babylon why because this is the world evil what's the word michael insidious you remember that word insidious <laughs> amen the world system the world spiritual world system you see these things you will not learn it in a book i am telling you what is going on in the world that there is two systems going parallel to each other and it's invisible so you may not notice hallelujah there are two systems going hand in hand one is the evil ominous insidious system of the world system which is ruled by lucifer hallelujah we are drawing a line you see, if you don't know the distinctions you may be here and you may be here at the same time 
you have to make a choice what kingdom you belong to and that evil ominous insidious spiritual system started when man began to increase in the earth and they began to set out their own agenda led by a man called nimrod nimrod was a descendant of of course it's a descendant of seth hallelujah and then men began to choose their own way why because they followed lucifer who tricked adam to say you know what you don't need almighty god you can have wisdom you can operate you can make all things and if you can make all this without him why worship him remember when satan was fallen he made certain statements i will arise and do this i would arise to the mountain of god i would arise and make myself so any system that does not acknowledge god and does not give honor to god and does not seek god and does not care about god's agenda that is babylon that is the city of babylon and in in the 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 capstone the the highest point of when men reach the state of rebellion or uh, independent spirit or a mind that look i can operate without god i don't need god i don't need god to tell me what to do like bishop bishop went to south africa to have a, a healing jesus campaign and some of the people uh, didn't want a foreigner to come to have a campaign you can't you can't come to our country and tell us what to do you can't come to our country and, and tell us how, how to i mean pastors preachers they got angry and they were they ran them out of town you can't come to you can't come from, from your country and tell us what to do they rejected him this is the mindset of of people who choose not to believe in god and in the, the highest point the capstone the epitome of that rebellion is in genesis chapter 11. one man gathered together and said let us make a name for ourselves and let us build a tower and that place that place where god confounded their language it's a bubble confusion and so that system is the system of the world where god is no more relevant and i'm telling you that system is in operation today it looks nice and beautiful it looks illustrious and industrious it looks neat you go to even during the days of pope john paul ii they said look we are writing our constitution european union we don't need god in the constitution because there have been too many atrocities there have been too many atrocities in the history of europe because of religion and therefore we don't need god in our constitution you see go back to history you will find out that before the gospel came when there was darkness there was no light and you see they have this is what we call selective reporting do you know selective reporting reporters when they come to a place and they are reporting something that has happened depending upon the particular bend of the of the of the uh, new station they may emphasize an aspect of the story versus another it's not everything you hear in the news that's the whole truth hallelujah and so history as you know it is what distorted what you know what they taught you in school is not the true history of the world is what the bible says so they have painted a picture that look we we can do all things without god and therefore this whole world system can run we don't need anyone to tell us anymore anything you are a god in your own self that system is what babylon amen and sometimes without realizing our behavior and our action is like that's where we want to be genesis chapter 11 was the highest point and god said you know what let's bring confusion into their language so that they cannot continue and so he he confounded their language and then the peoples of the world dispersed around the world every group of people who spoke the same language they gathered okay you and i 
uh, I say Messi, you say Messi. So we understand each other. They will go and live here. Okay? And then, and then, and then, uh, what do you call it? The other one said, oh, Wabawie, uh, Wabawie. So we also go and live here. Do you understand? Uh, someone is, uh, uh, what do you call it? Nuchomo, Nuchomo what? So, so they, we speak the same language. And someone says, okay, I like McDonald's, I like McDonald's, you like. Uh, so we, uh, we speak the same language. So they started grouping according to language. Oh, do you get it? They started grouping according to language. But what they did is that the dispersion did not stop the rebellion. Even though they dispersed, every group decided to continue their own alternative ways of reaching self-actualization. And within it was a rejection of God, our creator. And so, that's the story of mankind without God, Genesis chapter 11. And so, in Genesis chapter 12, I'm telling you the history of the world as told in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 12, God said, you know what? This rebellion, I am going to start to repair it, but I'm going to pick one man. I'm going to pick one man that these people in chapter 11 said, let us build the tower and make a name for ourselves. That we, lest we be dispersed. The Bible says that God called Abraham and he said, go and leave. Genesis 12. He said, leave your what? Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's son unto a land I will show thee. We are talking about what man can do for himself versus what God can do for you. This is what we have. There's, dual, there's two. Like the computer code is like is binary. Zero and one. There's nothing in between. You have to belong to one of the two. And once you decide, stay there. It's like a marriage. Once you decide that I am in the city of Babylon, stay there. Have you not heard the expression, if you are dead, remain in your grave? <laughs> huh? I heard the story of, uh, what do you call it, uh, a certain um, uh, school teacher who has lived in this town for so many years. And then, after a while, he said that, the, um, what do you call it? Um, the, the, the education service was transferring him to another town. And it, was, it brought a lot of sadness to the city because they were used to him. It was almost like he's from that town. And so he lived there for, and so when he said he was going to go, the people said, okay, we have to do a big party and, and co make contributions. Amen. Make contributions and give to him to appreciate him. And so that's what they did. They made a contribution and collected a lot offering for this uh, teacher who is supposed to transfer to another region. Do you get it? You know, later on, he found out, I mean, after collecting all the offerings and all the gifts, he found out that the ed education service it was a mistake. That, like, he was not supposed to be transferred. Amen. And so they said, remain at your station for the next five years. But he was shy, too shy to go and tell the people in the town because he's already collected all these gifts. He was too shy to tell them. And so, and so what he did was that he decided to rent a, a place in the neighboring village. And then every morning he would rise up early and come to school. And the, and the, the head teacher said, ah, but we thought you were gone. He couldn't tell them that he was still there. And somebody said, look, if you are dead, remain in your grave. Why is it that you are supposed to be gone you are still here? If you belong to the city of Babylon, remain in the city of Babylon. If you belong to the city of God, remain in the city. This idea of I am here, I am here is confusing the angels. The angels are observing. 
there is there is a spiritual uh, what do you call it a, a jersey or, or, or a t-shirt that, that you're supposed to be wearing and, and, and this spiritual t-shirt it has a mark on it city of God as you are going there's a city of God when the angels see you they are smiling this is one of our citizens but it's, it's like you are wearing do you know how sometimes when we go to come meeting we're supposed to wear a t-shirt right and then sometimes it's short sleeve and 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 then um what do you call it uh, uh sometimes it's winter and because it's cold right because it's cold people sometimes they will wear their long sleeve and then they will wear the camp t-shirt on it apostle joy doesn't like it at all because he said when we're taking a picture it makes it bizarre because we want all colors to look a certain way so you are wearing you are wearing the t-shirt of what the city of babylon and then you are also wearing the t-shirt of the city of god one on top of the other hallelujah Amen. you need to make a decision god chose abraham he said get thee out of your country from your family from your father's house to a land i will show you i will make you what a great nation i will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing in the people in genesis 11 what was their aim they wanted to do what build and then what's the purpose of the building to make a name for themselves everybody in the city of babylon that is what they are after amen they want what make a name for them that's what the world is after the world is into making a name for yourself hallelujah is it okay to have an ambition yes but if your heart is not joined with the heart of the city of God, with the object and intent and the goal that everything you are doing is about promoting his kingdom and to promote his purposes, you will be corrupted because you are carrying the seed of Babylon in you. Anytime in your life you want to what? Be what? A big actor and make a lot of money so that the world will acclaim you. You want to make a lot of money uh, and what? so that you you can you can you can boss people around so i mean what is the purpose of what you are getting hallelujah when i was studying in norway one day i heard a rumor and the rumor was that this gilbert at all we don't know why he's here because after you finish your master's program you're going to make a lot of money but you you don't chase you don't drink and what else do people with a lot of money who are unbelievers do you don't smoke, you don't chase, you don't drink, you don't gamble, you don't what? You don't party. So, say it again, Wendy. You don't party. You don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't chase, you don't uh, what? Party. And so, what are you looking for money for? So, so, that tells you that that is what they were thinking, that when they come into money, that is what they will be doing. Hallelujah. But is it possible that you can have a lot of money? But there is a lot of good courses to use the money for. You don't have to use your money to do all the things the world are doing. So even when it comes to making money, the object, the aim, the goal, the purpose, why you are what you are about, it comes down to what is the deep-seated choice in your heart. What are you after? Hallelujah. One day we went to a camp meeting. And then, and then uh, in the camp meeting, one brother traveled from England and came for the camp. You know how it's very, Bishop is very impressed? That like let's say bishop is having a camp here and somebody travels from england or ghana to come or maybe it's a camp in uh in england and then you travel from the u.s out of out of country out of continent you go i mean it means that you are hungry in a certain sense so we were all impressed with the brother 
that this guy, he must be really uh, after the anointing. I mean, for him to travel from London to come here. So there was a break. There was a, a break in the camp. And Bishop looked at the guy. And he asked him, what are you really after? I mean, are you here really because of the anointing? Because you heard I was having a camp? And then the guy started laughing. It turns out that there was a sister, you know, in the U.S. There's a sister in the U.S. that this brother was after. But outwardly, it looked like he came because of anointing. Uh, but he only used the camp as a care. So that he can come and then, after all, there's nothing wrong, sister Elizabeth. Is there anything wrong with killing two bears with one stone? So he decided to show up at the camp. And that sister also took off from work. And sister also came Maybe she wasn't even coming for the camp, but her beloved was coming. And he said, and, then, and it came out, you know how Bishop, he does not shy to ask things publicly. And it came out publicly that the brother was after the sister. That's why he was there. Sometimes you really don't know what people are really after. And the thing that determines what you're really after is what is your purpose when you get everything you're looking for in life, when you get it, when you get it, what, what, what are you going to do with it? I mean, what is the purpose? What is the aim? Is it to show off so that people will see that you too are? As I'm standing here preaching, as I'm standing here having a meeting, what is my aim? What is my purpose? Okay. I mean, is it, is it my aim so that I can have a, a, a meeting, so that I can take pictures and go and show to Bishop Dag? Is that my aim? No. I hope not. And I will tell you, that's not my aim. Hallelujah. But do you know, can you see that it can be somebody's aim? But outwardly, it looks like you are trying to do something for God. But no, that's not it. You have an agenda like the secretive... What's the word, Michael? Insidious. I like that word. No, I don't like that word, but it's it, it just... It, it's, it's, a, it's a psychedelic word. Insidious. <laughs> Ominous. Evil. It's like something like a leaky die. It's like, it's like underneath... It's like, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like it looks like this way but that's not what it is it's totally something else and that is the secret plot and plan of mankind to do things without God and to make a name for ourselves and they, are not, they, they succeed in a way but they crumble in another way they succeed in another way but there is one guaranteed way that live your life for God choose to be you see Abraham was sitting as they say I mean he was sitting like Bishop uh, Kweku said I was sitting man somewhere <laughs> Do you understand? And then he said, Lord, go out. So, that, so that, that instruction involved some sacrifice. Leave, leave his familiar place. Leave his family. Okay? These people wanted to make a name for themselves. But then now, he's telling him, get out of your country from your family. And then that verse, verse, is it verse 2 or verse 3? That said, I will make a name for you. I will bless you and make your name great. There is nothing better than God making your name great. When you give your life to God and to God's purposes, you don't have to make an effort. It's like if you go to a place where they are, uh, they are frying fish. You don't need to make an announcement. Fish, come to me, come to me, come to me. No, 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 no. You just need to be there. Like I told you the other day, before I went to church one day, I went to a place where they were frying fish. And I did not realize that the fish had gotten on me. At that time, I was an usher. So I went to the church. And one of the uh, uh, ushers, that brother, he couldn't say the word S. S always came with the, with the sh sound, like ash. So he came to me. He walked past me. Then he would come back. Then he came. He said, smell something. Smell something. 
Small something. I said, I don't smell nothing. He said, then he came back, smell something. <laughs> smell something. I said, I don't smell. He said, I smell fish. I smell fish. Then I remember that I have been to a place where they were frying fish. So the fish got on me without an announcement, without an altar call, without an invitation. Just being there, it gets on you. When you align yourself to the city of God, when you align yourself to the King of Kings, when you respond to his call, when you give your life for him, when you give up your own personal agenda, when you give up your own aim in life, when you give up your, your, your aim to be great so that the world will, 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 will proclaim you, when you give all that up, he said, Lord, I will live my life for you and serve your purposes. I will respond to your call. Even if I need to leave my familiar surrounding, even if I have, I have to leave my, my, my family, even if I have to do, pay a big price, I know that when you make me great, in the name of Abraham, the name of Abraham, after so many years, huh, we we'll still talk about Abraham because it is God who is making him great versus the people in Genesis 11 trying to make a name for themselves. That's your destiny, brethren. If you choose to yield to God, if you choose to make one final decision, look, there is something you need to give up. Give up the aim to be great on your own account, on your own star, in your own way. Forget about the competition that is in the world. The world is in a competition. Everybody is comparing notes. Everybody is trying to impress one another. Rather, choose to live for God. Choose to live your life for God. Choose to say, I live for Jesus. I live my life for Jesus. And I give up everything. Everything I need to give up, I give it up so that God will make me great. When God makes you great, nobody can take it from you. Nobody can take it from you. No one can take it from you. The world is after making a name for themselves. But there is a group of people who are arising. There is a new group of people who are arising. That look, it may seem like we are losing something. They were laughing at me. I'm a brand were laughing at me. That this guy doesn't have an aim. He's going to school, struggling in this cold. You don't what? Drink. You don't smoke. You don't chase. You don't party. You, have, you don't like donut. You don't even know what donut is. You don't know that what type. You don't want to be a fruit. It's like you're an aimless person. Amen. That is how obscure Abraham was. He was an obscure person living in where? In uh, what do you call ba- Iraq. All day Babylon. And he gave himself up and said, I want to see God's agenda. Amen. In that out of that obscurity, now he's a household name. Amen. Even the people from other religion have a name. They call him Ibrahim. And now there's a competition. There's a competition as to who, who Abraham went to sacrifice. The people from the other religion, they say it was Ishmael, Abraham was instructed to sacrifice. And then and the, the other one said it was Isaac. It's a competition. There will be a competition over you. Amen. When God makes your name great, Amen. nobody who doesn't amount to much will anybody be competing over your name. Hallelujah. Amen. It's the tale of two cities. The city that the world is trying to build is the city of Babylon. And the city that God is building is the city of the New Jerusalem. Now, there is a verse in the Bible. Let me two verses and then we will close. Okay. You see, I, I can go through the whole history from Genesis 12, but I just want to tell you what it ends. Because, you see, sometimes you are busy, you don't have time to watch a game. Do you get it? And somebody who knows the results can tell you the score. I mean, later on, you can go and watch the whole. So, that in order for you not to be anxious, you, have, you attended a, you are, uh, your job center consulting enterprise in Col- Colorado. And uh, because of a time difference, you couldn't watch the game. So, I am telling you the final result 
what is going to happen to the people that are members of the city of God and what is going to happen to the people who are in members of what? The city of Babylon. What is going to happen to the people who belong to the prostitute of Revelation and what is going to happen to the people who belong to the bride of Christ? So we are jumping from Genesis to Revelation. The story that started in Genesis, it ends in Revelation. In Revelation chapter 17, let's look at that. Revelation 17, okay, starting from verse 1. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot. Now, I wanted to see that, you see, here's the deal. The great harlot or the great prostitute is the same as what? The city. So when I say it's a tale of two cities, and it's a tale of two women. It's one and the same. The, the city of Babylon is the same as what? The harlot. And then the city of God is the same as what? The bride of Christ. So here's the, here's the final outcome. If you have been shown the final outcome, it will be what? Not stupid. Stupid. With an S-H-T-U-P-I-D. It will be stupid to go and say, I choose this way. Look at it. The, what we say, go, come, I will show you the judgment. In the end, the world system is going to be judged. It may seem they are winning, but the world system is going to be judged. The judgment of the great Lord who sits on many waters, okay? With whom the kings of the earth committed fornication. And the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. You see, the little children here, we can't go into too much detail. But the thing about sexual sin, okay, is that it is, it is addictive and, and trolling. That's why it's often difficult for people to stop. It takes the power of God to break it. And here, when it says that the, the, the whore, the prostitute, has made what? The inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of a fornication. What type of... It's figurative language. It's metaphor. I mean, who is committing fornication and there's wine with it? He said the wine of a fornication... Wine is another thing that is what? Addictive and intoxicating. Amen. Are you there? It's talking about the thing in the world that lures people. The thing that drives people away from God. It can be so many things, but we don't have time to go into it. But the thing that takes people away from God is, is like something that the world uses to lure you. And he said, the world system, the harlot of, uh, we are talking about, is luring people that they don't have time for God. They don't have time for church. They don't have time for anything. It says that this city, this, this woman, he, she has made the inhabitants of the earth. They have been made drunk. People are drunk with the allurements and the entrapments and the entertaining things of the world. They don't have time for God. And he said that he's going to be judged. Continue. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, with, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. So he's describing the harlot now. Okay? Continue. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. All these are attractive things. Gold and pearls, these are things people are looking for in life. Okay? Full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. All right. And on her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great. The mother of Halos and of the abominations of death. People have tried to identify who this woman is. But I want to submit to you that is the whole, what's, what's the word, insidious, ominous, evil spiritual 
system of the world, which has a way of attracting us and sucking us into it away from God. That is what this represents. Next verse. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints. Okay, next verse. But the angel said to me, why did you marvel? Okay, if you keep going, you see that Babylon is a city, but now it's described as a woman. That is the world system. Let's read about the new Jerusalem. Revelation number 3 verse 12. Revelation number 3 verse 12. I'm talking about the prophetic destiny of the church. Your destiny is to end up in a new Jerusalem. How do you get there? By obeying God and giving up your right to live a life to make a name for yourself. And rather choose that I will yield to God's agenda and I will give up my interest in my own self and give it up for God. And God rather would empower you and beautify your life and glorify your life. And where people are going low, God will lift you up. If you would just stop for a moment to think about yourself and to think about your problem, if for a moment you would just talk, stop thinking about only you and just think about the kingdom of God, I can guarantee you God will make you great. And no one will take it away from you. Revelation 3.12 He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more. Overcome what? The things that are over, overcoming, the things that are enthralled your life. The, your personal life issues that have overcome you. If you can overcome it and think about God, I will make you a pillar. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the what? The city of my God. New Jerusalem. Which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him and This is a promise to the believer. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's go to the last scripture. Revelation 21 verse 1 and 2. It's a tale of two cities. And it's a tale of two women. Where do you belong? Revelation 21. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth has passed away. Also there were no more sea. Hallelujah. That I, John, saw what? The holy city. So keep in mind, it's a city. New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. So you see that the city and the bride are one and the same. The city of God is the people of God. The dwelling place of God is God, is the people of God. The city of God, the new Jerusalem, and the bride of Christ is one and the same. The destiny of every believer is you will end up as the bride of Christ. If you, you, you want to marry, no mother will like her daughter to go and marry someone who has no future, who has no hope. You and I, the best person to be married to is Christ. And we as the bride of Christ, this is our destiny. In the end, we shall be in the new Jerusalem. Say, we shall be, we shall be in the new Jerusalem. We shall be in the new Jerusalem. We refuse the city of Babylon. We live in the world. But we are not of the world. The world will not dictate to us. We will not yield to the, the temptations. The Bible says, come out from amongst them. And be ye separate. Stand up to your feet. I want you to pray. We will just finish our prayer and then um, God will help us. I want you to commit yourself to the Lord. Make a commitment. The Lord, tell the Lord yourself that I choose the new Jerusalem. I choose belong to the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. I choose the way of God. I choose that God will make a name for me. God will make my name great. And I yield myself to God and his purposes. And come what may, I know he will take care of me.
he will take care of me. Come what may, he will take care of me. I want you to tell the Lord. Tell him that you are no more, you are no more frazzled and overcome by your issues. Rather, you yield your life to him. If you make that decision tonight, I can guarantee you, a grace will come upon your life. The things that were difficult for you to do, you will be able to do. And the things that you, you wanted to, to not do, but you seem to find yourself, a power will come to set you free. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord of all lords. Thank you, King of all glory. 